Welcome and thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We're glad that you're joining us today. Stay tuned for today's message. Enjoy and God bless. Today, we're going to be coming from Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to continue in that series. But I want to show you a few things that hopefully is going to help you as you go through this struggle and this battle. A lot of times you think that um, those who are called into ministry don't understand the struggle that you're going through. How many of those that we have that are called in ministry in here today? How many of those hands that are up right now still experience in the same struggle? You see, and you're going to find out that that struggle continues always. But here's the thing. You can feel the struggle, but not be affected by it. So as we go through Ephesians, and I feel led that I'm going to read these scriptures first, and then we're going to talk about them, mainly because the idea of today, if you want to look at a title for today, it's basically World Makeover versus God Renewed. Because we need to understand the difference. Amen? So we're going to go in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 24, and then also verses 30 and 32. And I'm going to read those, and then we'll come back to them as we go over. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their own mind. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and truth and holiness. And then if we go to verse 30, it says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. And then 32 says, And be ye kind, one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ, or even as, um, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Now you're saying, Pastor, what has all that got to do with this battle that I'm going through? pretty simple. Here we're looking at 
the reality of our struggle. Because we were Gentiles. We were individuals that were in a world that was broken and torn and messed up. And guess what? We're still there. But it's a funny thing because Jesus said, Father, I ask not that you take them out of this world, but I ask that you strengthen them. Now, why would he do that? I mean, a lot of you wanted to get saved and just let's, let's, let's blast me up, beam me up. I'm ready to go. It would be a lot easier that way, right? But think about it. It would be easier for us. But what about those that are left? What about those that have not met him yet? What about your family members that have not met him yet? Would you want to beam up without your children? Would you want to beam up without your mother and your father? Would you want to beam up without that grandparent, maybe? You see, those are the things that we have to think that our logic and our rationale sometimes doesn't line up with God's. But see, in these verses here, God talks about the condition of mankind. And I don't know about you, but I can relate to that part. I had not learned Christ, so I was given to all those works of uncleanness, the lasciviousness, all of those things. I know some of you find it hard to believe that I would ever have a past like that. <laughs> yeah, right, get real. <laughs> But the reality is some of us don't want to admit that we did. One of the things I found out in God's word, he says, "Ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. See, I can't just recognize the truth about my new birth. I have to recognize the truth about who I used to be. See, because this flesh, it will constantly remind me. You see, and if I have not come to face to face with who I was, I'll be intimidated by what the enemy reminds me of. Are you hearing me today? See, because I want you when you leave here today to know how to fight. I want you to know how to walk in victory. Because right now, the body of Christ struggles too much. One more time. One more time. We just struggle too much. In fact, you know, anybody who knows me knows I hate that word struggle. I really do with a passion. See, because I found out this walk with Christ is about choice. I can feel something, but my feelings have no authority and no power. How many of you felt like killing somebody? (laughs) 
You're not in jail. So obviously, you know how to ignore your feelings when it's necessary. See, we choose what we want to ignore. I'm just saying. You see, so we have to understand this flesh is always with us, but it does not have to have authority. You see, but I want you to understand where this all comes from. See, because what happens when God says in verse, and this is so important when it says in verse 22, and put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Okay, now let's get to where this started. Uh-oh, uh-huh. Say, I'm open to learning. All right, here we go. Because here's the thing we need to understand. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, the first thing that the enemy dealt with when he wanted to take them away was their mind. He said, listen, and I'm paraphrasing. I know what God told you, but now how many of you know he's still doing that? You know what God told you, but and so Eve had one of those aha moments. Hmm. Maybe what he's saying has merit. Maybe what he says has some weight to it. So let me just uh, try this out. Let's see how it works. I can always come back to... Mm-hmm. I see some people can relate. You see, we need to understand. God says there's nothing new under the sun. Pastor Angela, let me ask you a question. You see, I know Jay wouldn't do this. But How many times would Jay be able to walk up on you and just kind of slap you a little bit before you get the idea it's not good to have him walk up on you? But how many times would it take, sweetie? She says, hmm. <laughs> uh huh. You see, I know my brother Jay wouldn't do that. Because he got no reason to, for one. And it's just not in his nature. But see, the thing is, we keep letting the enemy do the same thing over and over and over again 
And here's the big thing about it. We see it coming. How crazy is that? Now, let's make it personal. How crazy are you? <laughs> it's just that simple. It's just that simple. You know, this isn't rocket science. We just got to have a made-up mind. But we have to understand what I said, a made-up mind. What's the difference between a makeover and being renewed. You see, because I want you to understand, the enemy did a makeover on you. See now, regardless to what's done on the outside, what's real is still there. And you got to get in touch with what's real and you got to be at peace with what the reality of who you are actually is. The problem is we're confused about who we really are. It's like we've got some beautiful ladies in here. But let me ask you a question. How many of you in here came in here without any makeup at all this morning? See, because you can find most ladies will not leave home without it. I felt so bad for one couple I used to know because uh, this was early years and years ago. Her husband would not let her leave the house without makeup. I could not believe it. She came to my house weeping one day, and I said, what's going on, dear? She goes, I'm just, I'm just so fed up. I'm wondering what he thinks about me. I had to have a talk with my brother, okay? Because she felt so insignificant, so unbeautiful, and she was a beautiful lady. But when your husband tells you, look, baby, you can't go out, think about it. In other words, it's saying who I really am is not good enough. And people, I'm going to tell you something. You do that to yourselves a lot. God says in Genesis, and I'm going to take you to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, and then I'm also going to take you to Genesis 2, verse 7, because I want you to understand and identify with who you really are. Genesis 1, 26 says, And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. First of all, you're made in whose image? God. Oh, but let me show you something else. Genesis 2, 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became what? A living soul. You need to understand something. 
God made you in his image, and he made you a living soul. You are spiritual beings who God breathed the breath of life into, which means you have his spirit. And he made you a living soul. You see, the warfare that goes within you is because you have that living being, that living soul, that living spirit of God that is just crying to get out. That's what you have to understand. Your true nature is not of this world. Your true nature is of God. The problem is the world has done such a good makeover. Covering everything up that God made. You see, I went into this dictionary thing, and then I went to the Hebrew and the Greek and all that good stuff that all theologians do. And I got the definitions. Now, I want to tell you right now, makeover was not in it. Okay, it's in the dictionary. You won't find much in the Hebrew for it. Makeover. Believe it or not, the actor instance of making over. Go figure. A changing of a person's appearance as by the use of cosmetics or a different hairdo. How many of you watch those makeover shows? Let me tell you something. Makeovers are all well and good, but they don't do anything for in here. You see, a lot of times makeovers, the only time they affect you is because you look on the outside and then you say, oh, well, I feel pretty good about myself now. But all those insecurities and all those other things, you're still fighting. You're still, there's still that tug of war that's going on. You see, you can do that makeover on your first date, right? <laughs> Works real good. After the honeymoon? <laughs> Things get real when you wake up in the morning. <laughs> I do a series, sometimes in marriage counseling, who did I really marry? <laughs> Think about it. People, I'm telling you, we've got to let people see us for who we are up front. That way there's no surprises. There's no disappointments. But we can't be afraid to be who God says that we are. But first we have to know who God says we are. You are spiritual beings. God loves so much he hated to see 
the enemy repaint you. And then what happened is we fell into the trap of believing what we were seeing in the mirror. See, Romans 12.2 says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So now let's go to that definition of renewal. Renew, to make like new. Restore to freshness. or perfection, to make new, and this is actually in the definition, to make new spiritually, to restore to existence, rebuild, to do again. In other words, let's bring you back to your original state. So when God is talking about renewed, I want you to understand something. He's not talking about doing something new. He's talking about bringing you back to who you really are. You got to get back to the mindset that he created you with. You got to realize who you are. We say it all the time. I'm a royal priesthood. Old things are passed away because all things have become new. And the problem is we put that out of context. We think that living holy and righteous for God is a new thing. No, it's the original thing. It's the original thing. That's what we were made for. That's how we were created. The enemy is the one who came in and trespassed. He's the one who came in, and God says he's the father of what? Ooh. So what's the truth about you versus the lie? The truth about you is that you are holy and righteous and created in God's image. The truth about who you are is that God says that you're able to do all things through Christ that strengthens you. Why? Because it says that Christ came that you might be redeemed. Uh-oh. That means I've come back to claim that which was mine. See, the devil... <laughs> How many of you know... That he's using you just like you would that title pawn thing. Well, thank you, Lord. You know, sometimes Jesus spoke in parables just to bring it home. We got to realize the enemy is using you. At a high interest rate. And you get nothing good out of it. 
You see, this is what we got to understand. We got to understand, no, no, no. God said, this is who I am. He said, if you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and then you put on the new man, which after God has created in righteousness and true holiness. That means that man that you didn't recognize was there. The person that's been struggling to get out. Now, let me ask you something. How hard is it to take off the makeup? Now, I know some is a little harder than others. <laughs> but the reality is it comes off. So we've got to ask ourselves, when we make up our minds, how hard is it to take off that which is covering us up? It's about choice. Now, I can't sugarcoat this. It's about what we choose to allow ourselves to discover about who we really are. Amen. Not being afraid of what we'll find. You see, the thing that's the shame is that we are afraid of where God is going to take us. We're more comfortable with where the enemy has brought us. Are you hearing me today? We've got to get to the place to where we're saying, no, I trust God more than I trust what the enemy has done. See, when you ask yourself, what is it that hinders me? The biggest thing the enemy uses is the spirit of fear. But remember what God says about that spirit. He says, but I have not given you the spirit of fear. He calls it out for what it is. I've not given you the spirit of fear. And if I haven't given it to you, It don't belong to you. I'm going to tell you something. I don't just hold my hand out for anything. And at the same time, <laughs> I don't hold my hand out to just anybody. <laughs> That's dangerous. That's dangerous. That's why with all this stuff, with, you know, when people, you know, when, when kids used to run around and that Halloween thing and all that kind of stuff. I said, no, you be careful because you never know what you're going to get. You never know what you're going to get. You never know who you're dealing with. You never know that frame of mind. But we do that every day with the enemy. He tries to give you stuff that you should not be receiving. And God says we as a people are supposed to be selective about what we take in. 
So I'm going to ask you, what are you taking in? What are you taking in? And the question is, is what's it affect? What is the effect of what you're taking in? This is just stuff that we have to figure out, things we have to know, things that we have to understand about our everyday life. And if we do that, you're going to find out you're walking in victory. What does he say here? Put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Hmm. Sounds like a requirement. Sounds like something God is looking forward to. Imagine that. How many of you know God loves you? Would he ever ask you to do something you couldn't do? (laughs) Jay says every day. (laughs) He asks you to do something that you feel you can't do. Why? Because your flesh tells you you can't. But how many of you have found that there's things that you felt you couldn't do, but you found out you could do it? I can do through who? Ah, there you go. So who's your strength? Who's your rock? All right, then it's not you that do it. But it's the spirit of God that's in you that does it. See, because you're able to push past this flesh. All right, how many of you in here work? How many of you should be working? (laughs) It's a matter of Am I going to push past what's standing in my way? How many of you were afraid, scared on that first interview? Worrying about what somebody's going to think, what the questions are going to be. But you said, I need this job. So I got to push past this fear. I got to push past this flesh. I got to push past all the things that are going on in me because I need this job. There was something that was driving you to push past that fear. It was worth it. So you did it. And you got the job. God's asking us to do the same thing. It's worth what he's asking. It's worth where he's taking you. He says, so push past the fear and go toward the mark. That's what he's asking. It's an everyday thing. I don't know where it's going to go, Lord. I don't know where you're taking me. 
but you're showing me I need to do it, so I'm going to do it. I, I, I don't understand how I'm going to do this thing, but your word says I need to do it, so I'm going to do it. Why? Because I trust you, Lord. Translation of trust, faith. I trust the reasoning behind what you would have me do. Now, let's put it in the, in the context which is going to help you to really understand this. Jay, are you good at surprises? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I can imagine. Anyway. <laughs> but here's the thing. Has Jay ever given you a, a, any kind of surprise at all? Uh-huh. Okay. Now, let me ask you a question. The thing that made it special was that it was a surprise, right? Mm -hmm. You had no idea what was coming. Yeah. But all of a sudden, you opened your eyes, and it was there. Mm -hmm. And Jay became your champion, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> there you go. There you go. He became your champion. God wants to be your champion. He wants to be your champion. He says, look, don't worry about it. You may not understand it right now. I may have you blindfolded right now, and you may have to trust me and follow me into the room. But when you get there, it'll be worth it. You see, we've got to learn to trust God. He's a good father. you got to know who he is, and then you can identify with who you are. You're his child. In fact, he threatens those who would threaten you. He says it's better for a millstone to be hot, tied around their neck and for them to be cast in the sea rather than to harm you. So why would you think that he would put you in a harmful situation? You see where the enemy messes your head up? See, the enemy would cause you to think that he's the one that should be trusted and God is the one who should not be. Is that crazy or what? And it's only because of the fact that we look in the mirror and see the makeover. Now, I used to restore cars when I had time. I don't have it anymore. But, <laughs> but I used to love it. It was a lot of work. And you know what restoring a car takes? Even just from the exterior. Because what happens is the environment and time will come over and just make that car look totally different than what it originally looked like. All the oxidation, all the things that come from the things, even, and in, in, in Lord knows if you do an interior, especially if there was a smoker. I had some stuff I could spray on that interior, and you'd watch all this gunk just ooze down. You see, that's the way we are. 
This world is caking up so much stuff all over. It's taken away our shine. It's taken away all the luster. It's taken away all the original color that was there. It's taken everything and just covering it all up, masking it up, to pretty soon what you thought was beautiful becomes a hoopty. For those of you who aren't as old as I am, <laughs> a hoopty <laughs> is basically a junk car. <laughs> okay. I got to translate. <laughs> okay. But that's the whole thing. But when you restore that vehicle, you got to put some elbow grease into that thing. And you find out when you start taking some of that oxidation out of the paint, ooh-wee, that looks pretty. You do one little spot, and it motivates you to do the next spot. Then it motivates you to do the next spot and the next spot. Then all of a sudden, you get really courageous, and you say, well, I guess I can conquer that interior as well. So you put on your mask. <laughs> And you dive in to get it done. You see, that's the thing that we have to understand. About who we are at restoration. We're restoring. It's the whole purpose of the gospel. To bring you back to where you belong. To bring you back to who you really are. I want you to think about that today. Who does God say you are? Read your word. And know who God says you are. Stop believing the lie. Just because it's comfortable doesn't make it good. Amen. Go to God's word. Read it. Every Christian, I'm going to tell you something. I want you to put this into practice. There is no Christian that should ever not read at least the New Testament at least once a year. You need to know who you are. Identify with your creator. So this way you'll know when you're getting a bag of hooey from the enemy. That needs no interpretation. But you need to know the truth. Because God says you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. Amen. And that concludes today's message. Thanks again for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We pray that you have been encouraged and empowered in your journey of following Jesus. If you'd like to learn more about Restoration Church, please visit our website by going to r4sq.org. We pray you have a great week. God bless.